Ah, welcome back to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we help people create themselves rather than find themselves, where the only entrance requirement is the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. And we're continuing our fascinating conversation with Ryan and his journeys through wrestling and mental health. It's been it's been a whole journey just trying to like figure myself out, and you you could you could. Uh, do it too because you're really interesting and you're going to be very interested in what you find out if you're feeling especially if you're feeling uh, a little effed up uh, which I felt from time to time sometimes I still feel that way I feel like I'm will always be working you know and I'm I'm at peace with that like I'm excited about that part of my life where like I'm always going to be on not always but like for a long time I'm going to be working on this and we never get get to the end there's no there's 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 no finish line okay yeah we never, we never get to the end. There is no finish line. And I like the way you're talking. I like the way you're talking to yourself right now. Thanks. Thanks. That's my capacity is still there for that. But I, I sit back and I do recognize the, uh, the whack stuff in my life and the stuff that makes me feel like down. Uh, but like, I also like, I know things are like, things are getting better. And like the, it's very self-evident to me in the way that I feel, but then also in like the things that have been happening uh, for me in the past year, especially past year was like big growth, some bumps for sure. Every, every year is going to have it. Uh, like, but yeah. Um, God, I was reflecting, I think earlier, cause I saw some pictures of myself from a show in Brooklyn I got to do. And I'm so excited to do like more this year. It's just January. Um, and, and I just have to like, yeah, my knee already feels better from, <laughs> <laughs> from, from that injury two weeks ago. And I'm, I'm excited about the future, which I couldn't say. I like now. I really like the way you're talking. So, so January of last year, I I couldn't be. I couldn't feel if I can dig again. Like I couldn't find that feeling of like being hopeful and optimistic for the future. And there was there was a plan and uh, in a relationship I was in to like get out of Richmond. Um, and then like that felt that fell through. To say it as easily as I can, and. Uh, I had to start like figuring out everything. I really had to start figuring out everything I possibly could, but I couldn't get like control of my panic attacks once, um, once my life plan changed. And that was the moment that like I went in, I think I went in for like to see my primary care, but I was like seeing him on an emergency basis. And I remember him saying like, I need you to calm down. And I couldn't like, I couldn't breathe properly. I remember like how I felt like I'd been running, but I wasn't doing anything. I was sitting on the couch. Like I had to leave work, leave work, like go out and handle that. And, uh, I remember him saying like, okay, like for a third time, like if you can't calm down, like you're leaving and having to like, I had to get control. Like I, I, I had to change everything. I had to listen to him and start on a script, uh, which was so easy and like such a light change, but changed everything for me like every every day of like any sort of conflict uh again i think i mentioned this earlier my thoughts spiral spirals uh they didn't spiral out of control um but just just very very quickly i had to like reformulate a plan and start a new life and wound up uh relocating here kind of on a whim i think like two weeks two and a half weeks um and had like no idea what this place and like my future held for me at all because like 
heck it, it had already kind of been torn away. Uh, and being like so scared last March. And I know I was saying like last, let's say a year ago, this past January, uh, couldn't, couldn't see a future for myself, except like I was going to get out of town and I had to do it like by myself. And I had to, I, I earned it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's wild to think it actually hasn't even been a year since I, I got here. And like, I do see hope for my immediate future. I started doing the wrestling again, which completes like such a circle for me, like fulfills me so much um, personally that uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to like put it into words. Um, and it's not like I know a lot of like the behaviors attention seeking. I love the activity in the world of it. It's been it's been here uh, and it's been like present in a broken home for me or like a fractured home and a comfort for so long that the time I spent apart from it, which also had to do with like someone being a shithead and pardon me, someone being like a bad actor in my life and uh, having bad behavior in me needing to bounce to kind of preserve myself. Um, ah. Sorry, I got off track. Again. No, no, no. You're you're exactly on track. You're saying <laughs> you're saying what you need to say. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone has a story, Ryan, and they need to tell it. It needs to be heard. But what a uh, what a therapist can do is write a prescription for hope. <laughs> valid, very valid a um, prescription for hope. Mm -hmm. And that's like it's it's really important to get like a pro second opinion, um, especially if you're just listening to your own. It's negative, or really for any reason, but, um, even if you're just there talking to have a sounding board because life is difficult, even if you're not dealing with like complex issues, um, or disorders, like it's, it's hard out here. Um, and just having like a rational second opinion on really any personal issue or like just the way we're perceiving the world, which <laughs> it's a mess. Um, um, and, and hearing that from someone who really isn't, isn't there to judge you because they're paid not to judge you or really uh, uh, tell your friends what you're thinking, et cetera, uh, or like divulge your internal world. It's, it's, it's really helpful. It allows you, I, uh, so it's allowed me to like open up that part of my mind. Um, like to one, once I was like being considered uh, or, or perceived like, Hey, I'm like being considered here flatly. It made it a lot easier to consider like others and talking about that, like concept of forgiveness. I think the closest I've got is that internal, like, uh, um, you know, like I have no control over what would happen to me, et cetera. And they were, I've, I've had that thought cross my mind while they were doing, they, they did the best they could, uh, which is a tough, that's like a tough pill well, to swallow. That's, uh, that's, that's justification. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that's like, is that like personal ill will on myself going like, Oh, they, they did the best. Well, they your, could. your, or your mind I, seeks, seeks calm water. Yeah. Okay? It's like, it's called consonance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So when you're thinking about the nasty negative things that they influence <laughs> to your life, yeah, uh, that's called dissonance. So what? Ha let me give you an example. I dealt with this person one time. It's a perfect example of dissonance and mm -hmm. consonants. Uh, they told me they says, "Oh, I drink too much Red Bull. Oh, there's so many chemicals in it. Oh, there's so yeah. much sugar. All this stuff." And that's the dissonance because what they were doing versus what they were thinking who caused this inner conflict. Mm -hmm. But immediately their mind sought consonants by, that's a calming effect, by saying, but it tastes so good yeah. and it helps me get so much done. 
and it helps me focus. So yeah, but when you know the ugly, ugly side of it. <laughs> but when you you talk about situations like that, you know, you begin to justify it, so your mind calms a little bit. Yeah, and I'd like to feel yeah, I'd like to feel calm about those things mostly, because then yeah, I can't say there were never joyful moments. You know, like I also have to think about like. Uh, oh, it couldn't have been all bad. No, no. So okay, impossible. so like, I just yeah, yeah. I just I like. I think it's important for me to inflict or inflict that like not all bad. Uh, like I don't see it all as a terrible time, which then brings in my justifications. They, they were doing their best. Um, but yeah, it just like the, the weight it's outweighed. It's, it's outweighed. Um, well, we talk on this show about three defense mechanisms that most people use in their life. Some people have them honed to a razor's edge and that's avoidance, justification, and right. denial. Right. I think I've been, I think I've been heavily avoidant and like of all response after a certain point. Um, so after hearing, so I incurred like a traumatic abuse outside of the house and the way that that was handled was odd. Um, and like the way I just like, I wasn't checked in on, it wasn't addressed until like, until I was nearly like, um, I hate to get heavy, but like, suicidal okay um and which was like the beginning of me seeing a therapist again like for the fourth time in my life new therapist but second time as an adult and we got like the the path to me like letting go and and avoiding um because not only was it just like my expectation i'd tell myself all the time well i should expect to be like burned or hurt in some way and that like that's terrible actually. Like, and I hate to say it out loud, but it was the, the fact, like I, if I was going to be around my, uh, immediate family and, and I would expect again, and, and even more denigration with the distance and like, uh, how could you? Um, if, but if I was going to be around them, I'm, I'm certain I would have incurred like a personal scar, some kind of burn or some reminder of my like small stature in that structure. And that it meant that like I deserved it, it, that positioning and kind of the language that I grew up on meant that I deserved whatever was happening, of course, wherever it came from. And it like, uh, it, it came from above. <laughs> um, everyone has unfinished business in their life and it sounds yeah. like you have more than a little bit. Yeah. Like I'll have to, I'll have to address that someday. You know, like my folks are going to die one day, you know? And then I have to, I have to sit and wonder like if I'm going to go to a funeral and because not because I don't want to, pay whatever respect I feel like I should or commit to tradition or just do the right thing. But because in my mind, it's uh, a loud public display of shouting and possibly being struck by a sibling or the other, the other parent again. And like, I, I genuinely, when you ask like, would you invite these people to a party? F no, I'm trying not to swear. Okay. Absolutely not. Because that's, that's my expectation of the behavior. And so like, consistently like well, that is what i'm trying to is based on a story yeah okay yeah. so you know i think it's fair like i'm gonna say i think my perception of this is fair and that uh yeah your, if your I showed perception up, is your reality yeah and uh you know naturally there's guilt and shame associated with yeah. not loving your parents even though they may have been monsters uh <laughs> at, and, at, and at times and, and many times and this this is, this is absolutely 
confirmed by religious guilt. <laughs> yeah, we were one of those houses, non-denominational Christians. And uh, God, if they had like the alternative acoustic rock band play and the the uh, <laughs> the theater uh, before the preaching and God, if it wasn't God, if it wasn't just building to becoming a mega church and eventually got its own plot of land and grew, but like yeah, there was that like also bearing down the threat of hell. Like also just like being young and knowing like the reality that like death is close and like knowing my, pretty much my whole life, death is close. It can just happen because like that one thing wasn't the first instance of like me and youth uh, facing. I don't know, maybe dying uh, from someone else's physical force. Um, and then knowing that hell exists, like, and being like, oh, I can't be on bad behavior, but everything I do is bad behavior and gets me punished. I'm going to be punished forever. God, eventually being able to let go of the concept of religion. And I will just say how I feel about it. That it is this, it's a fictitious lore we use to lull ourselves uh, about our uncomfortability with death. And I get it. Do what you got to do to cope with that. But um, it is, <laughs> it, it has rocked havoc on my life um my, my ability to enjoy my life and, and be based in reality and understand and cope with people uh because i don't think about a, a mythical magic man in the sky uh weighing our morality on a scale going this person's gonna burn and this person's gonna uh, walk around naked with wings in the sky forever <laughs> it's ludicrous it, it is ludicrous uh to me personally and i uh and then i immediately feel the guilt and shame of anyone who feels very strongly about their religion because like it's, it's your faith and it, it bases you and it grounds you. Um, God, it, 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 any influence it had on my life almost put me in the ground. <laughs> well, Ryan, not only do therapists introduce new concepts and new coping skills and mm -hmm. a way to think differently, one of the most important jobs is, is to help them unlearn old thought patterns and behaviors. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if I haven't just tacked on the ability to like learn a new thought pattern, but I haven't like tackled every unlearning of like the things that make me feel um innately lesser than or unworthy of like things like the concept of love which then like totally like totally screws my abilities in uh to maintain like a consistent romantic relationship uh, i'm either i'm terribly anxiously attached well you know why well, that's not a big surprise <laughs> uh got him <laughs> so you would be a therapist's dream patient. Uh, yeah, yeah. You would be like a. You'd be and it like, makes a great wrestling character too. You'd be like a, a case study. They'd uh, <laughs> just unwrap all the layers here and try to heal those particular layers. I mean, you you know, therapists, the psychiatrists, they talk about inner child, and people will go, "Ooh, ooh, it's it's true." Yeah, yeah. I mean, like mine's there, and I try to like. Uh, a lot of my like adult life is spent sating like what my inner child needed. What, uh, like what is me as a wrestler, but like something I needed as a kid to look at and go like, Oh, like I feel so bad and low, but I can like, I can go and do something about it. And like actively, like, and so my character, the dumpster fire, such a, such a negative term. And it's something someone with some station in the business said about me at a low point in my life. And when I was under a lot of duress from some, something that had happened, and screw them forever. Um, but I decided instead to like spin that into like, um, like try to figure out what that means and like uh, really like pathologize it in myself and like, well, the fire's obviously just like energy built up from being frustrated and fed up. But what am I full of? What am I fed up on? And I started to think about this as like the garbage that other people were just dumping in my life before they bailed, before like uh, before I could see that I should have been leaving first uh, in a lot of situations. 
Um, and fire is just like whatever spark. And like wrestling's the spark, the thing that allows me to express myself and like be vibrant. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I had to like think about taking that negative term and it ate at me. Like it hurt to be called that. Um, and then recontextualize it in my head and make it like some character. It's what I need. It's what I needed um, when I was too young to understand how to protect myself emotionally or physically. Um, yeah, so my characters, some like my Rasalind characters, so much a personal extension. It's someone who's en endured a bit and, and filled it up and held it because like, I think I have a big heart, like, uh, and so like, if that's, if my big heart's a, people look at it like an old dumpster and just dumping it and dumping it and dumping it. Oh God, it's, it's been full for so long. Getting to like practice my hobby burns that off. Well, I'm glad it's, you it's, have, that's like uh, very healing. I'm glad you have your wrestling persona and your wrestling career in order to, uh, express a whole lot of things in your life and, and really enjoy it. It's helpful. Like wrestling wasn't that way before. It was just like something I did, but like now what I'm, what I'm doing as I present myself, like on stage, it's it. Yes. Thank you. It, Everyone has an inner child that needs healed, mm -hmm. that yeah. needs healed. And a child needs to be told that you're okay and that you're safe now. That yeah. The child needs to know that they're safe, Ryan. Yeah, that's true. And God, I, I keep finding like more safety in myself all the time. Um, wow. And the more you learn how to speak to yourself as you speak to a friend. Yeah. But again, I think we need to uh, slow down the merry-go-round before that can be effective. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we could talk the rest of the evening. But I, I really could. But I'd, uh, but I'd love to have you uh, back on the show again. Usually, yeah. usually what we do is maybe like six or seven months, we like to have a person back and find out where they're at in their life then. So you think I can, you think I can pull off an Adderall script by then? <laughs> we often <laughs> uh, we often have challenge broadcasts and we're going to we're going to have we're going to challenge you. Yeah. We're going to challenge you to take charge of your life to invest more, even invest, more I'm sorry, invest I'm just in yourself. Yes. Yes. And uh, investing yourself through mental health mm -hmm. and possible and possible medication. Yeah. I could expand on that or get back to that. Well, think anything else besides the ADD? <laughs> well, I think... Diagnose me on the air. If you no, sit, if, if you sit uh, in front of a, a psychiatrist, a practitioner, mm -hmm. they'll, tell uh, me. They'll, they'll start one thing at a time, okay? Yeah. So we're not going to reverse the Titanic in a bathtub, all right? So we'll... Uh, do I one thing that. at a time. But you're sure. a fascinating guy. I'm certainly uh, really thanks. happy to meet you. Yeah, you as well. I'm happy Should to we meet shake? you. I'm happy to thanks, meet Jim. you tonight. So at the end of every podcast, uh, what we have is a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables, and unplug your television. And take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. And our challenge to you is, to do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another, to forgive yourself and to forgive another till all are free. None are free. If we're all not the divine's children, none of us are. Be good to yourself today and every day. Namaste, my friends. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait click the shop icon on our website we have clothing mugs cell phone cases and so much more show the world that you fish without bait
This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.